Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Alex. And this week, joining us in the studio, we have Winston Young, a story architect. And we've been listening to stories already, all the way up here. Yes, we've been trying to sift and sort through them <laughs> so that we make sure that we don't talk ahead of time about things that look really juicy or sound really juicy which to have on the show. Which is so hard because we all love stories so much. Yeah. Um, now, Luca, you met Winston before, so I'm going to let pass over the introduction to you. Yeah, well, I found out about Winston because a whole bunch of the people that we've had on our show uh, before now have been involved in your storytelling enterprise and I'm going to get you to tell us all about that but um, we I, I looked on Facebook today and and Winston and I have something like 48 um, friend friends quote unquote <laughs> friends in common and I thought oh yeah this is when we talk about a friend of the show right right it's the six degrees of separation and all of that so welcome to the show Winston it's great to have you here okay. and tell us a little bit about what is your storytelling enterprise since that was our point of contact. <laughs> well, what story cat, oh, story cat, uh, voice story is, it's a fundamentally, I believed growing up that I needed permission to speak. And that really, in a very dysfunctional way, morphed me into who I am. So when I finally transcended that, I created a space to allow people and give them permission to speak, to share a moment of their lives, to inspire somebody. And to actually invite them to speak, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, it's blossomed out because there's so much disconnection in the world that someone sits there in their home believing that their situation is unique, that they're all alone in this world, and they can't figure out what to do by sharing a moment of your lives that might resonate with them and they go, wow, they got out, maybe I can get out too. Mm. And that's all it takes. Yeah. It, we were just talking about how there's there are um, qualities that your uh, project has in common with what we do here on the show, yeah. and that everything a, a lot a lot of what we do as human beings is relating through stories. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you're the people who who come and tell stories with you say this to you, but a lot of the people who tell stories with us say that there's something in the telling of their own story, even if it's just a snippet out of their lives that helps them to recognize something about themselves or value something about themselves or um, reframe something that they hadn't been able to do before. And and I so what, what's been your experience? How many people have you actually had tell stories with you so far? Uh, over 100. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot. In the last couple of years, over 100 people have taken the stage. Uh, a yeah. lot more have told me stories outside of that. Mm -hmm. but, but what I say to people is when you – a lot of people have this fear of public speaking. And when you take the stage – And speaking in public, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if it's not formal. Yeah. yeah. And when you feel the space that I create and it's welcoming, it's non-judgmental, it's empowering – so you can be raw, you can share the moment, and then when you're done, you literally, you, you've elevated yourself and you've inspired someone simultaneously. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the cycle I want to create where an audience member then goes, wow, they did it. Or a friend of that speaker goes, wow, you did it. I want to do that. And then the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to experience. So there's a story behind this. Um, for how you came to create this. And I, so I'm curious as to what is the story about how you arrived at this place knowing that this was something that you wanted to do with and for other people <laughs> and for the community who, who hears and receives it, right? So what, how this all started, uh, I think it was August of 2016, I was connecting with uh, my uh, my men's group brother in Ottawa, Albert, so I'll give a shout out to Albert Wong. <laughs> and we were connecting on a video call, and I just, and I spaced out for, I don't know, for a little while. When I came back, he looked at me and goes, what happened? I'm like, uh, well, I was, I was holding a mic. Uh, I was walking up on stage. I see the bright lights and a bunch of smiling faces. And he asked, what are you going to do? He goes, uh, I'm going to tell a story. And from there, it led... It led to a whole sequence of events that brings us to where we are now. And if that moment, if he never asked the question and I never shared, I'd be in a totally different space. And but from if you'd that, never spaced out in the first place, right? If I never place, spaced right? out in the first place, yeah. and, and been able to see so clearly what this was, and even the venue that I'm using, uh, I, I know a lot of promoters in Vancouver, and we, I reached out to see spaces that I wanted to use, but there was one space in my mind that I wanted to have this in. And uh, one day I walked up this one particular club that I reached out to, walked inside. When I walked down the hallway, that was what I visualized. And I go, it has to be here. Mm -hmm. And that was Club XY uh, in Vancouver. Uh, And Jennifer Mickey has been so supportive of what we're doing that uh, without her help, and you do it on a Monday night, right? Which is a night that they wouldn't be busy in the club anyway. So oh, it, it actually it's it's a it's a busy night there. They're they're yeah. busy every day of the week. And oh, really, and uh, there was arrangements with the show Queer Prov that happens after to give us enough time to actually do a show there. And I'm so grateful for for everyone accommodating us. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> so, so were, did you have a full time job when you were? When you were setting this up, and how did you coordinate all of that? Well, I'm I'm self-employed, so I'm a I'm, I'm a full-time broke ass. <laughs> 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 uh, I I did well, I've had multiple entrepreneurial things going on, but this just snowballed. And the more I started doing it, what I've realized when I took a big step back was. It's not about me putting on an event to allow people to speak. That was just one angle of it. What I realized when I really took a hard look about it myself is I'm supposed to learn something from everyone that takes the stage. So I had uh, people that were blind, people from the LGBTQ community, people that were transgendered, people that were suffering, people of color, of mixed race, old, young. And when I realized every time I hear one of their stories, it opens my awareness and perception just another degree. Mm. And it made me a much more uh, compassionate, understanding, and empathetic person to understand uh, and just keep doing this. Um, So initially it was called My Story Mondays because 
the, the joke was it's it's my story mm-hmm. um, and everyone else is just a player in it but in the end um, it's not about it's not about me all I'm here to do is hold the space create the space and facilitate a moment for someone else and hopefully the message that gets sent out can affect change and save someone's life it's I get like I can feel the the heart mm-hmm. behind that that it's a, it's a heart opening um, and, and in a way it sounds like it's also a community opening very much so uh, there's as I've moved forward there's just so much disconnection in Vancouver that I've seen and felt and uh, just a month ago we were at uh, Vancouver Startup Week and I had a very in my face dose of how disconnected people can be uh, and it really made me aware that when people are, as I describe it, they're aligned with, we'll rewind, when people ask Winston, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I say, I make, I help people become aware that there is a purpose in who they are, not what they do. Mm-hmm. And then at Vancouver Startup Week, I realized that people identify with what they do so hard that when I asked them, who are you, they couldn't answer the question. Yeah. And this was just a little snapshot, like five, 600 people coming through these doors. What's it like out there? It's got to be equally as bad, if not worse. And with that, my whole purpose is just to make people understand that there's, uh, you're not alone. There's community there and give you a moment to connect with yourself and other people. And together we can get further than you can by yourself. Yeah. It's a it's a synergistic thing, right? Very that much so. We are more than the sum of the parts of our community, and the sum of the of the individual parts within each one of us. Right. And, and when I grew up, I always felt I always wanted to belong, uh, mm-hmm. wanted to be part of, I guess, the clique or the the group. And I was always the outsider looking in, and I do know that that fueled, that was a very dysfunctional pain that fueled my transformation into something that wasn't sustainable because I wanted to be acknowledged, I wanted to be seen, I wanted to be popular, I wanted to be all these things. And then when I got there, I didn't even know I got there. And when I was, it wasn't satisfying. Mm. In fact, I was lonelier there than I've ever been. And then I've learned through the years that it was you're chasing after dysfunctional goal, and once you get there, there's nothing there. And now that I have something that I've aligned myself with, after every show, I have this massive gratitude hangover. Like I'm literally <laughs> dopey, walking around. I'm like, wow, this is nuts. And it takes you know three to four days to 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 be able to d- dissipate the amount of gratitude that I get from watching the speakers uh, take the stage. I'm imagining it's like um, those glow-in-the-dark things when you expose them to the really bright light, <laughs> yeah. and then it takes a while before they fade. It's like, you know, whoa, you're yeah. glowing, glowing after this event. Yeah. Um, so I'm noticing that you're talking about the power of story, but you, you are now creating a venue or a, a space where you have the position power, the privilege power of inviting individuals in with their stories. And as you were saying, you know, you personally and, and you along with probably so much of 
maybe all of humanity, we all have this craving to be seen. We all know we've got stories and we just want someone who's going to witness them Mm -hmm. so much of the time. And you provide that opening where instead of it being us always you know, trying to at least, you know, hang off someone's ears so that someone will, will listen, even if it's just pretend listening, you know, so that I can say it and, and be heard. You're, you're, you're creating the actual space and then issuing invitations where someone then has an opportunity. As soon as that space I'm imagining is given to them, like that is a, an entirely different process to, to sit with yourself and to say, okay, I've been gifted an audience. I've been gifted time. I've been gifted the microphone. What's most important for me to communicate now? Well, I've I've had that comment. Like people would that take the stage and go, "What do you, What do you want me to talk about?" And I say, "It's not about taking your entire life and condensing it in, into eleven minutes. Like that's not what I want. What I am after is there's something. There's a story that you want to share, and it's a moment of your life." where you were in a space, you transcended it, and someone else right now in the world is in that stuck space. And they don't know how to get out, and they felt trapped, they feel alone, and they're, and they're stuck. Mm-hmm. And by you sharing that specific moment and saying, yeah, I was stuck in here, I don't know what I did, I was numbing myself, I was abusing myself, whatever it is, and I decided I wanted out and this is what I did, it sucked, but I'm now I'm out, and I feel so much better because of whatever the situation end situation was. When you share that and gift that moment out, someone else is going to resonate with those words, and that's how it happened to me uh, five five years ago, just over five years ago. I was in a very very dysfunctional space, drinking a lot, numbing myself, and I and that was the world that I knew. I've been in that world for over 15 years, and and I didn't know any different. And then one day, my friend uh, Ruby, I saw her on Facebook, and she looked so happy. And I reached out to her, and like, what happened? And she goes, I got out of hell. And I go, how did you get out? And we have this heart-to-heart. <laughs> That's the wonderful, wonderful question, yeah, right? How did you do it? Yeah, how did you do it? And she told me what happened, and she said it sucked. And but we were we were we knew each other in the same space, mm-hmm. um, and after listening to that, it gave me a glimmer of hope that I could get out. And I mm-hmm. reached out, grabbed onto it, and started my walk. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me well five and a half years, mm-hmm. if not more. Mm-hmm. And I got out. And then I realized that if I can do that to someone else, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Like I, I made the big money. I had it. I spent it, and none of it made it made me happy. But if I can go and go, I've affected change, and save someone. I I can die knowing that someone's life will forever be different, mm-hmm. and that's more valuable than any amount. You know, any someone gives me a million dollar check, and I can can't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is so much more. Uh, I can't find the word right well, now. Well, it, yeah. it's the lasting impact, right? And yeah. and this is the incredibly powerful insight that we can impact another person's life trajectory out of hell into something more hopeful by sharing the broken parts that we have. And even if we don't 
have it all figured out because really, honestly, none of us do. <laughs> we can put on the face that we do at times, right? But but being in that space of humility of, well, I'm not out yet, <laughs> but I was there and I'm here now. And this was the door that, that opened for me. This was These were the tools that worked for me. These were the supports that held me. And I'm grateful this is better. Mm-hmm. I'm not done yet, but this is better. And it's it's that vulner- willingness to be vulnerable and share those stories. Um, it is it is it's like scattering keys around for people to find, and they won't necessarily match <laughs> yeah. the lock that they have. Every person, right? But then, but but then it's like they're seeing keys. So it's like we can try some of these things yeah. rather than just being stuck in our shackles, stuck in those locks, right? and feeling alone there. Right? Yeah. Because this is now saying you're not the only person who feels like this or some similar version of this. To, to go with what you said about the, the key, um, there's a quote that I've, I'll share. It says, never be afraid to, un- to share your story because it could be the key that unlocks somebody else's prison. Mm-hmm. And it resonated yeah, with me so hard because when I look back in my journaling, I always felt trapped, locked up, oppressed, stuck. And with that, with the way that I teach storytelling is you, you, you have the lock. Your stories are the key. And what I do is I help you take your stories and then craft in such a way that it will unlock your, your gate to your prison. But that key can also help someone else unlock their lock to their prison. And with that and with the work I've done with people, it once they... Even with myself, with the work that I've done, um, it it wasn't until this April where I thought I unlocked the gate to my prison and I got out. And I did a workshop in April with Anita Anand. I'll give her a shout out. Um, Mm -hmm. I realized that I was wrong. I didn't get out of my prison. I got out of my cell. I was still in the prison. Oh, wow. And then I'm like... I'm not out at all. I think this, this prison is actually such so vast. Mm. Uh, and the crazy thing is I created the prison of my own design, mm. which means <laughs> the moment that happened was we were, we were in, the, in a circle and they were talking about armoring up and going, going in the arena to fight, to fight guilt and shame and all these dark emotions. And then one of the... <laughs> That nice. I meant. I said something to one of the students there, and I go, "Yeah. So when you do that, uh, what what happens?" To, like she goes, "Well, I I don't have to go." And that really mm-hmm. stuck with me. And then I pause about fifteen minutes later. I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait! You said you don't have to go. You don't have to enter. You mean you can choose not to enter the arena?" She goes, "Yes." Which means you can choose to leave the arena? She goes, yes. I'm like, and it was wow. this mind-blowing thing. She goes, well, Winston, what do you see? And I go, I'm in the arena and there's no exit. So, so imagine the Coliseum. Yeah. You're in a cage mm. and every day you wake up and you go into battle every day. You fight, you win, and then if you have enough energy, you look for an exit. And then when you don't, you put back in your cage and you do that every single day. And then I realized... <laughs> you can you can enter and you can leave and then later on I realize 
I created the arena. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which means I could create the exit. I can create a slurping machine. I yeah. can create whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. But I created this manifestation and went, and that changed everything. Yeah. So then you can design doors into it and you can dissolve it all yeah. together. And, uh, and then later on with the, I realize I don't have to. I can go in whenever I want. I don't have to fight today. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. sit outside and I can fight when I want to go inside. Mm-hmm. And then that led to a whole different conversation with, a, with another friend of mine, understanding, um, I think we were talking about what freedom is. And then we went on this chat about me being in the arena. And then I started speaking and realized most people, the, the quote goes, when one door open, closes, another door opens. Mm-hmm. And the meme I read was, wow, I get that when one door shuts, another one opens, but these hallways <laughs> <laughs> And we're living in the hallways. <laughs> right? But then I look at it and I go, the, but it's, the, it's not a hallway. You, you think it's a dark hallway because you're always looking down. When you look up, it might not be a hallway at all. Mm. But why are people rushing so hard to get to the other door? Like when one shuts, they're reaching for the other door already, opening it and jumping in. Mm-hmm. you actually have the choice. And then I realize it's the space between one closing and the other opening that's freedom. Mm. Like you don't have to go to that mm. other door nor. You can go freedom and of choice. Right? You can pick that other door. You can right. sit here and chill out <laughs> and not choose any door and just stay in the space for a while. And when mm. I visualized all that, it's basically you imagine you're in the middle of a donut <laughs> and the center of the donut there are all the doors and you're sitting in the space and you can choose. But most people are so unaware that they're, they go, I got to get to the next door. I got to go, 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 that mm. you're, you're stuck in the cycle. It's a, it's a perspective in a yes. way. So yeah. those of you, for those of you who are just joining us, um, you're joining Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And we're in the studio today with Winston Young, a story architect. And mm-hmm. so we're, we've just been listening to um, one of Winston's stories about... It's a good um, word. So we're talking about doors and hallways and yeah. arenas yeah. and deconstructing them, etc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like it's time for us to play one of your songs. Which one would you like to start with? <laughs> uh, how, how about the Superstar one? Okay. And I'll, I'll lead with that one because there was one day I was just feeling... I was feeling really alone, and I was on the hill at uh, at Cyprus, and I I was so so down I couldn't figure out what to do. And the song came on, and I swore it was my grandfather speaking to me. Mm. And mm. I was on the chairlift up. I listened to that, and I had tears coming in my eyes. And uh, after that, it's like uh, everything changed. All right. So this is now going out to all our listeners. You're a superstar by Love Incorporated. Reach for the sky and hold your head up high for tonight and every night. You're a superstar and don't you be afraid. Think of all the friends you made. Like any other night, you got your name in lights. You're a superstar.
Listening to Essential Conversations with your hosts Rebecca and Luca. We'd like to take a moment to respectfully acknowledge that we broadcast from unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And joining us today in the studio, we have Winston Young, uh, a story architect, and we just listened to his first song request for the day, which was Love Incorporated's You're a Superstar. And the lyrics were profound <laughs> and deep reaching. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, feels. <laughs> yeah. We were t- we were talking before the show about um, what you discovered, um, and, and we had t- we had just given a shout out to the woman who helped you to um, shift your perspective on what you were able to do. But it had to do with how you process information <laughs> and how and how you um, access it. Can can you share that story with us? Because it 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 feels. Profound. It feels like it, uh, not just for you, but for anybody who can hear it as well. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Anita Nand does a, a workshop called the, the Daring Way, where she teaches the teachings of Brené Brown and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And through that um, experience, what happened was, uh, well, as I explained, throughout life, I collected a bunch of dots, and metaphorically, uh, I paint the dots as books. So I have a huge, huge pile of books, and if I have a conversation with someone on a topic, I'll, in the back of my mind, I'll dig out a book and I grab one, and then throughout the conversation, I'm looking for something else, and then if I find it, then you connect two dots, like as people say, connect the dots. Mm. And if I don't get it, then that moment's lost. And, you know, I put the book back down. So what happened inadvertently through that workshop was she gave me structure. So all these books now are on shelves with a, with a sorting system. So when I have a dot, it's like Spider-Man shooting out a web. It hits multiple dots, like multiple books, multiple dots simultaneously. And then when I go to the next dot, it branches out and hits more dots and more dots, and it just snowballs so fast. And then, uh, and a good friend of mine, Yana, 
explained to me when I told her this. She said, Winston, you have collected so many dots in your container. Now that when you just wiggle one of them, you just start a chain reaction. And you're just not aware of it back then, but now you are now. And every time you look at something, you're just causing a catalyst, you know, like a cataclysmic effect and being a catalyst. And you're just constantly coming up with realizations because you have so much knowledge. You just didn't have a way of accessing it. And now I do. It strikes me that when people are telling their stories, um, they're doing a similar kind of thing, right? They, their story um, w- reaches out into the audience and uh, is a catalyst for, for those reactions in all the people who listen and witness at, mm-hmm. at the same time, right? So yeah. it happens within us, and then we help it happen outside of us as well. Yeah. And every person listening to the story, just like right now, every listener to the show interprets what's happening their own way mm. and will get some type of uh, resonance from it. Some things might resonate super hard. Some might resonate very little. And what I've created with the show is people that resonate with my story will will reach out. But now if I put it out there and you have five or six other speakers, now there's five or six other keys out there that they can resonate with. Uh, So you can impact different people which may not resonate with my story, but now resonate with someone else and say, hey, I get that. I want to go and understand more. Do you notice when you're bringing groups of people together that there is a a string of connection between all the different speakers in one evening that you didn't even know was there until they all get up and speak? Uh, Usually at the very end, it's been uncanny with every show that at the end of the show, there's an underlying theme that appeared in the last, in the show that just happened uh, on the, in October. I actually started out the show by telling people I've actually, I saw the theme. Uh, it was about vulner- uh, not vulnerability, uh, authenticity. Mm-hmm. So instead of waiting to the end, I thought I'd bring it to the awareness of the people at the beginning so they can, they, they can really pay attention to that. But yeah, it it's really cool at the end of the show when the underlying theme binds it all together and like wow, I I couldn't have planned it any better than that. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's no could, such thing as coincidence. <laughs> I wish right? I could take yeah. uh take credit for that, but I can't. Yeah, it's like they go, Wow, you programmed a great show. But thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Come to the next one, right? Yeah. yeah. How, what's the process you go through around finding these people to to speak? What do you what are you looking for? Uh, I I wish I said couldn't admit that I have a system, but a lot of it it's purely organic at this point in time. People yeah. reach out to me and say, "Which I is have a system a, in a way." Yeah, I have a story to share, and then pick a date, and everything lines up perfectly. It's just uh, they pick a date, and then all the other speakers pick a date, and they all wanted to speak about the same thing. I you know it's uh, it's. Feels like coincidence, but what, six different people picking mm. all the same date, talking mm. about the same thing, which I had no idea about. Yeah, it's it. So you give them a time guideline, is that right? 11 minutes. 11 minutes. Um, and do you, what do you do with them to prepare them for stepping out and telling their story? Well, in the past, there was uh, not much because it was just, it was 
the premise of just a show. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, I've had more than one person say, Winston, I, I have my story, but can you help me uh, tweak it a bit? And then from that, moving forward, we're actually providing ways that speakers, if they have a story that they want to practice or prepare better, we're not changing the story. No. We're just make polishing it so and then getting rid of the anxiety when you're sharing it mm-hmm. we have uh we're making that available for speakers mm-hmm. uh you know that one now you're running it. a workshop too right we do yes <laughs> we have one uh, coming november 3rd introduction to storytelling where we invite you to come in and not necessarily bring a story but what I want to make people aware of is right now, at this very moment, there's stories going on in your head mm-hmm. and you're you having have a, one. Yeah, that you're telling right mm-hmm. now and most of the time it's not serving you. Mm-hmm. And But you listen to it and you listen to it so often that you believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give a simple example. I volunteered at a Japanese festival and I wanted to go say hi to this very attractive woman mm-hmm. that I've encountered there and I thought I'd wait until the volunteer dinner I waited she arrived I saw her sit down and in 15 seconds I completely disqualified myself because of the chatter that was going on inside my head you had a story I had a story that I wasn't worthy like Mm. who am I and uh, I brought this up to with my coach and she goes how long did you actually interact with that person five minutes so in five minutes, you have enough information to disqualify yourself from just going over and saying hello to her. And I was, when I became aware of this, I'm like, well, that's kind of ridiculous. She goes, yeah. So who, who are you listening to? And, and it took a lot of work to really become aware of that. But it was uh, debilitating the, how vicious the, the internal dialogue was inside my head to take me from a place of of life and literally breaking it down where I just wanted to get out of that room in 15 seconds. It's it's no accident that we've got some car alarm going off in the background. Yes, right I was just going <laughs> to say how appropriate that this that set what, alarms off for you. This is what our, our stories do for us, right? They can spin us away from... Something that our, our our deeper self or our higher self is aligning us towards, and setting you know putting us in in uh, in the path of, and the stories that 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 are being told in our head that we're not realizing are stories. We think they're telling us facts. Mm-hmm. We think they're mm-hmm. just telling us a truth, or it's observing. You know, yeah. it's an analytical part of our brain, but it's not. It's a storytelling part of our brain, and it. I, I mean, there's that quote um, from Shakespeare, right? Our 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 doubts now nah, I'm not even going to remember it right <laughs> uh, it was right there in the <laughs> but, 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 what, uh, but what's the essence of it yeah yeah no I'm going to come back to that because otherwise okay. I'll just get it wrong and I'll frustrate myself okay. um, so how Winston with that in mind now that the alarm stopped boom perfect timing <laughs> how do you for yourself uh, bring yourself back to awareness that this is a story I'm telling myself and that there's a choice here I'm not perfect. It's like I get caught up with that all the time. But it's being present, just really taking that time to to be present and not be reactive. So if someone says something to you, and I I have this where someone crosses the street and someone makes a snide remark, and then 
if you're not aware, you just react. You can have some emotional trigger. Your alarms go off. Yeah, your alarms go off yeah. and then say, why did someone say this about me and so on and so on. And when you're aware that this is happening, you can actually di like well, disconnect, but step back and say, I don't have to engage with this emotion or this thought. And then with this thought comes with this dialogue that's attached mm. to it. So once I, <laughs> once I engage with this thought, then this narrative happens. Yeah. But if I don't engage with this thought, then that narrative never happens, and I carry on in my 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 little way. I've got the quote, <laughs> and it's so it's so applicable. So I'm going to share it now. Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Wow. It's it's Shakespeare's version of... Can we you shoot say that again? Can you repeat it? <laughs> we shoot ourselves in the foot is what yeah. Shakespeare's saying. Yeah. <laughs> Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a great example. And this happened just last last winter. Um, I wake up, go to Cyprus to do uh, some early morning runs, and I was really, really bummed out that they didn't open up the, the sky chair. So out of... 300 people in the lineup waiting to get up on this chair. I bump into one person that was a single. So we uh, we got as a pair so we can get to the lineup faster. And I said to him, man, all I wanted to do was get up Skychair so I can do one run and go home. He goes, well, I just did it. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you hike up and uh, I just did it. He goes, and I, my reply was, but, but doesn't that take like 40 minutes to hike up there? And at that very second, I realized, how the hell would I know it took 40 <laughs> minutes to get up there? Because I've never done it. But there's this story in my head yeah. that yeah. I've told and the that entire day. And that it's too long. Yeah, right. that entire day up until that point in time that it's going to take too long. And I go, how long does it take? He goes... Oh, if you're really, really slow, 15 minutes. <laughs> but you, you know, it probably but takes like fit, so, yeah, it probably yeah. takes like 10. I'm like, really? And then you go, yeah, let's go. Yeah, 10 and minutes. And you could easily stand in line waiting for at least 10 minutes, yeah. right? So yeah. yeah, we walked up 10 minutes later, got my run, and I realized, wow, I've told that story to myself for so many years, <laughs> and I like, how do I know it's 40 minutes? You never minutes. checked it out. Never checked it out, <laughs> yeah. but it. Yeah. It literally put a roadblock in front of me. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to hike 40 minutes when I had no evidence whatsoever. So that man was a gift yeah, of uh, interrupt for the story that you'd been telling yourself. One out of 300 people. Yeah. And I happened to bump into him. Yeah. yeah, it's no coincidence. But a synchronicity. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, th and that makes me think of look for the people who are already doing the thing that you think is impossible. But I didn't know he was doing it. Yeah, well, that's well, a I know. That's a crazy but, but you engaged in conversation exactly. with him. Yeah, and, and yeah. I've, I, this yeah. is feeling like my my little mind is is making a little footnote there, because there's so many times when I'll have a story, and but a, one way I think that would work for me is just to be like flip it, look for the person who's already doing the thing you've assumed it can't be done, because mm -hmm. if I if I change my head and I start looking for that, I'm probably going to find somebody. But I, before then, I'm not looking for it. Well, the, the best way I could put it is if I never engage in that conversation, I'd never know. Yeah. It was that yeah. vulnerability of just saying, hey, man, this is, you know, I'm having a great day, but, and, and sharing that moment. If I yeah. never shared mm -hmm. that moment, to this mm -hmm. day, I probably wouldn't hike up Skychair because yeah. I'd still think it's going to take 40 minutes. So it's mm -hmm. having that vulnerability to open up and create a connection. Mm -hmm. With Which no, is a heart connection, With right? no expectation. Yes. And that's the yes. key, not expecting anything in return. You never know what can happen. Yeah. 
So those of you who are just joining us, uh, you're listening to Essential Conversations on cjsf.ca. You're with Rebecca and Luca, and our guest today is Winston Young, who is a story architect. And is it, it's a good time for the next song, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about right. <laughs> so would you like to tell us why you picked this second song, Winston? Yeah, so my, my sister put in my head the idea of getting a puppy, and that's a story for another day. But I eventually, you know, eventually got, got a puppy, and on the ride home, now, a little bit of a preface, I never wanted a dog because I was chased by one, terrified of dogs, PTSD, the whole bit. Now I have a puppy, and I go, what am I going to name this puppy? And then the song played, I listened to lyrics, uh, and I go, well, okay, this is it. And the name of the song was Kismet. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. Yeah. I love it. So is your puppy named Kismet? My puppy is named I Kismet. I love it. Fantastic. All right, let's listen to Kismet by Hybrid Minds.
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca and our guest today, Winston Young, story architect. And we just listened to his second song choice for the day, which was Hybrid Minds. Kismet. <laughs> like, ah, the name just escaped me. Look at, look at the screen, Rebecca. Look at the screen. It's right there. Um, and um, we were talking about your puppy while we were off air there. And you were just saying that you spend more time with him than you have with any well, other. It's a, her. it's a her. Oh, it's a her. And, Sorry. Uh, when I, yeah, I, I'm self-employed. So I got to a lot of bonding time, which my sister says, it's like, enjoy it while you can. Mm-hmm. And me, never, you know, I don't have children. It's the closest thing I have. And mm-hmm. when I look back at, you know, the early videos and stuff, I miss it. But mm-hmm. it was uh, when I added up all the hours I spent with her, I, I take my longest relationship with anybody <laughs> and <laughs> she eclipses it in yeah. one yeah. year. Yes. She eclipsed it. Yeah. 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 They're pretty powerful presences. Yeah. With you know? unconditional love. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and she picked me, actually. Uh-huh. And when I watch her grow... You know how they say, you know, uh, their pets are extensions of themselves? Like, today, she'll go out, and then she'll see a pigeon, she'll sit there and stare at it. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that's what I would do, too. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> She's curious. Very curious, very yeah. curious dog. Now, you brought some show and tell that I'd love to check in on. You're sitting here with this beautiful metal. Could you tell us what this is and what it means to you? Uh, so this metal here is from the 2018 uh, BMO Half Marathon, and the so what happened was in 2013, May, no, 2000, yeah, 2013, May 3rd, 2013, I crawled home from an all-night bender. And I looked at myself in the mirror and uh, the voice inside my head said, if you don't change the way that you are, you're going to die within five years. So I... That's a big, powerful voice. Yeah. So I began the path of gain, getting healthy. And then in the next year, because I was running a little bit, my friend goes, why don't you try to run a half marathon? I'm going, that's crazy. Of course, so going back. Because like, the story half, in your yeah, head said yeah, you couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. And then I, so I ran it and I did it. But when I crossed the finish line, I didn't, I had an expectation of how it should be. And then I realized when I didn't get it, I was running for the wrong reasons. So the next year, second year, I ran it again and I ran it for me. And I got the emotional response, that the emotional release that I expected. The f- third time I ran it, well, I uh, I misjudged when the SkyTrain opened, and then ha- when I got to the start line, I couldn't check my gear and ran the first five kilometers with my backpack on. Then ran off course to drop it off at my place, and so it was I was so focused on screw like I screwed up that I didn't even enjoy that run. And then the last year, 2018. Um, well, remember, two, May 3rd, 2013, I said, I, if I don't change, I'll be dead in five years. So on my phone... This is five years, Five right? years later, mm-hmm. on the morning of two, uh, May 3rd, on my phone had an alert that said, you thought you'd be dead by now. Wow. And that's a pretty crazy thing to wake up to. And then the race was three days later on May 6th. So when I ran the, this particular race, I turned the timer off and I just had a distance counter, and I just ran for the because I was alive. And the crazy thing is I ran the race one minute slower than I did when, <laughs> the previous year when I was timing myself. And when I crossed that finish line, I realized that it's a good day to be alive. And so this particular medal was just a – it's pretty significant. It's a good to be alive yeah. and look how far I've come medal. Yeah. 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 
you're not you're not running for anything except because I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if anybody would like to see a picture of that medal and a picture of Kismet, uh, we are tweeting out um, all kinds of interesting things and connections and um, information about how to find Winston on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. You can follow along. Yeah. Winston, what's coming up for you over the next while that you might want to tell listeners about? Well, uh, next Monday, October 22nd, we have our first Voice Story Social uh, Conversation and Connection Session, which I invite people to come. The inaugural one's free. It's at XY, and you can register for a ticket off of our Facebook page uh, at Voice Story. And what that's about is we're going to facilitate a moment and teach the art of conversation. And then after that, the, uh, my team will invite you to stay in the space and connect with uh, other people that want to connect. So it's not about pitching or selling or promoting a program. It's about having you turn off your phone, disconnecting from the hustle, and being with yourself and uh, others for, uh, for a little while. And uh, so that's on the 22nd, then on November and, 3rd. And what time, what time does that start? Oh, sorry. It's from 6 to 8 p.m. Okay. Then evening. No on the evening. Yep. November 3rd, we have introduction to storytelling, which goes from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And again, it, uh, come on down to experience uh, what it's like to when you're aware of the stories that you're telling, if they're serving you or not. November 19th is our next live show. And I provided, oh, November 19th is the November show, December 15th is the December show. And I provided a promo code to all you listeners it's essential, spelt with the C, and uh, that'll give you a free ticket to the show. So please take advantage of that and connect with us. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and so people can follow along with you on Facebook, and, and that's, you know, about, you'll, you'll post on there when all of your future events are coming yes, up. Is that I, right? I would love to send you to my our website, voicestory.ca, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. still a, a work in progress, and mm -hmm. uh and it's being put together because we're architects after all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but join our community on Facebook and, and participate in the conversation because it's, it's not about sitting in our own space, but join, join us. It's, not a, it, it's a welcoming space just to So you to talked share. about ar uh, archives that you, that you keep. You, you, you film this, right, and then yes. you keep them. So if people um, are not in Vancouver and they'd like to be able to watch some of these, listen to some of these, how can they go about finding them? Uh, go on YouTube, uh, Google, not Google, <laughs> YouTube search <laughs> Voice Story, and all of our speakers are, are on there. Mm -hmm. And it's also broadcast, uh, simul you know, it's not simulcast, it's, it's played every Monday at 9.30 on Shaw Cable Channel 4. 9.30 Pacific. PM, 9.30 Pacific. Pacific. Yes. That's right, yes. Yeah. PM Pacific. Yes. Yes, yes. And we've got time changes coming up around here soon, so it's going to be yeah. an, an hour different, but yeah. But yeah, so it, uh, there's two versions of the story. One version is just a speaker edit, and then there's the Shaw Cable edit, which includes my introduction, which uh, gives you a little bit of a preamble into what the story is going to be about, uh, depending on how much time you have. Pick one out, and I'm going to say, if you want to learn a little bit more of me, listen to the stories from Christine Highlands because she only talks about how 
<laughs> how crappy I've been when I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the power of storytelling. Power right? of storytelling. The power for sure. of storytelling, which continues to evolve, and your your what you offer is continuing to evolve as well. So people it's, need to stay tuned to what you're up to. Yeah, to we we started next. off as a show, My Story Mondays, and people wanted training and coaching and workshops, mm-hmm. and it was so hard to do that under the premise of a live show that we rebranded under Voice Story. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, it just opened up the floodgates as to uh, what, we, what we can offer people. So obviously good timing on this. It happened when it happened. Yeah, and it's know. synchronistic, and it's and it's serving it's serving you. And I love stuff where the serving goes in both directions. Yes, it's yeah. so wonderful. Is there anybody that might be listening right now that you'd love to hear from, and how should they get in touch with you? Well, I, I'd love to hear from anyone that has that feels that they have a story to share. Um, as long as it's not hate speech or propaganda or there's no pitching or selling, but if you have a, a moment of your lives that you feel that impacted you, that can impact someone else, uh, reach out to me at winston at voicestory.ca, and I'd love to connect with you, uh, have a phone call, and see where we can go, and I'd love for you to grace my stage. Right on. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah. It was such a pleasure. <laughs> Synchronistic. Yeah. Yes. I feel I feel all all brushed up because it's just um centering in on that sacredness of story which has been a center of the human existence, I think, for down through the centuries, right? S- storytelling is the fastest way f- for people to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also for us to learn, right? We yeah. we teach one another that way, even the things that we don't know that we're teaching. And thank you for the courage for you to dig underneath the stories that were there so that you could find your freedom and then be creating this space for other people. Thanks for having me. It's been been such a pleasure. So what have you got going on, Rebecca? I'm traveling. (laughs) I'm all over the place. So I don't really have a whole lot of projects for people to connect to at the time. I'm being sent off into the wildernesses and (laughs) creating things and then coming back home. Oh, yeah. And we don't know what's coming next. But things are incubating right now. Yeah. And and I'm in a similar kind of space right now. I'm I'm orienting for next year. So stay tuned to this space to find out what I've got coming up next. Well, if there's one thing we can always be sure of is that we are not sure. We're not sure, and we wonder (laughs) what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep, yep. Oh, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing. Keep 